1: And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for
0: it. But hey, my podcast and I'll say what I fucking want.
1: (laughs) Two people just winging it in life and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
0: Hi guys, and welcome to History of a Haunting. I'm Carrie. I'm Archie. (laughs) And today we have a really cool location for you I've been wanting to do this one for a while Uh, The Hotel Cecil in Los Angeles Um, It's a It's a Five out of five bananas location, Arch. I haven't said that in a while, and I think we need to bring it back.
1: It has been a while.
0: It has been a while. Um, but before we get started uh, on the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, I just have a couple of EVPs that I want to review. Um, and uh, you will have the Patreon of the week yes. to announce. So, uh, EVPs. So last week we did the Exorcism of Annalise Michelle. Yes. And... Uh, I had mentioned in my portion that I had read excerpts from a book written by Father Gabriel Amorth. And I was pronouncing his last name Amorth, because that's how it's spelled. Oh, (laughs) Naturally, I was fucking wrong.
1: Uh, Of course.
0: Yeah. It's actually pronounced Amort. Oh, okay. That H is silent. Yeah, so Father Amort. Um, I also did want to let everybody know that... um, there is a documentary on Netflix about this man. And it's called The Devil and Father Amort. And it is um, done by the director of The Exorcist. He does this documentary, oh, wow. William Friedkin. Okay. Um, and it, he follows Father Amort. He actually gets permission from the Vatican to witness and film an actual exorcism that Father Amort does. Oh my god! Yeah, on this Italian woman named Christina. And so, if anybody is interested in in watching this, I am interested in it. And I I sat there the the other night, and I I had it up on Netflix, and I was like, Do I really want to see this? I'm not. I'm not sure. Like I'm. <laughs> 80% I'm, I'm sure eventually I will see it but right now I'm, I'm just not ready to but if any of you guys want to see it I definitely recommend it um, because it's actually covered in um, and I talk about this podcast often uh, my favorite podcast and that's why we drink where M who does the paranormal portion of the show covers this um, documentary and it's, I wrote it down, it's episode 98 of And That's Why We Drink. It's done in a very succinct way. So if you're not really ready to watch the documentary, but you want to know the story, listen to the And That's Why We Drink episode. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to let everybody know those those two things. Um, is The correct pronunciation is Father Amort. And um, there is this documentary that really does sound fascinating. In fact, so William Friedkin was the director of The Exorcist. Uh, it was written by William Peter Blatty. And and that's why We Drink mentions um, in their episode that there's a part in the documentary where he goes and he has filmed um, parts of this exorcism on this woman, and he takes the video footage to a, a psychologist, or a psychiatrist, I can't remember which, but he takes this footage to the doctor, and he says, what do you think? Does this look like somebody... That is possessed to you. And the doctor says to him, well, not really, because it doesn't really, this person isn't really exhibiting the classic signs of being possessed. And so William Friedkin's like, well, what are the classic signs (laughs) of being possessed? And they say, you know, levitation, head turning, head, you know. And it dawned on him that he's the one that made those Classic signs of possession
1: mainstream
0: he made them because he was sensationalizing it for the movie The Exorcist Oh my God and so he's kind of the one sort of to air quote blame for mainstream thinking that those are classic symptoms of possession and when he was talking to this doctor, it kind of dawned on him it dawned on him and he was like, you know that that I, I made that up <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Which I thought was really interesting, and I, I kind of got to wondering um, what, you know, how many people believe that what happened in that movie
1: mm. was mm-hmm. actually
0: real and legit. So, um, I, I do want to see it, but um, we're, Annalise Michelle is a really rough... It yeah. was rough content. It was, um, it I was sens- rough. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily ready to. Although I do admit that as soon as you left after we recorded that that day, I did watch The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> um, I just love that movie. But yeah, I think I'm kind of tapped out on the the possession. Um, but if anybody else would like to watch it, it is called The Devil and Father Amort. It is on Netflix, um, and I do recommend it. And I, you know, is it super scary? Let me know. I don't know. <laughs> if you want the kind of um, muted, less scary version. I recommend the uh, podcast, and that's why we drink their episode ninety eight, where M covers uh, basically what that show is about, that documentary okay. is about. So, all right, that's all I have for the EVPs. Uh, Arch, why don't you um, take it away? And all right, let's well, celebrate the Patreon of the week. Patreon of the week is Chris.
1: Thank you very much for your generous donation. We. Very much appreciate
0: it. Yes, Chris, thank you. We we are, Archie said it all. We're 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 very grateful, and we we certainly do appreciate you. And uh, Chris is one of the investigators with EVPI. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, he's um, he's wonderful. And uh, EVPI is a source of all of our technical information that we give you here on History of a Haunting. Um, they, I think. <laughs> I think I had promoted them on um, our Facebook page, and, and they um, and I said, "Let's support these guys who, you know, make us sound less dumb, which <laughs> is a tremendous feat. so <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we're going to have more help with that coming soon.:
0: We are, we do, yeah, we are. we are um, in the uh, what do you want to call it research and development phase of a new a tiny new segment here on uh, history of a haunting. Um <laughs> Got lots of folks that are working to help us sound less stupid. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, Chris, here is a standing ovation to you from us. We are very grateful for you and um, we love you. We are certainly so blessed to have you as one of our dear friends as well. So, here's to you. <clears throat> so, yay! Chris! Okay, let's get into today's episode. It is on the Hotel Cecil in Los Angeles, and I do want to say, Arch, before you get going on the amazing history of this hotel, um, we are recording on Father's Day, so it is Sunday. It is Father's Day here in the United States, so I wanted to dedicate this episode to the father of my son, Josh, and Koi's grandfather, Frank, Josh's dad, and um, Not because they have anything to do with the Hotel Cecil, (laughs) (laughs) really, Uh, just because it's Father's Day, and these two men are very, very wonderful. Um, My son is becoming the man that he is today because of them, Um, and so I wanted to wish them a very happy Father's Day, and I want to dedicate this... um, episode to them uh archie and i did a brief facebook live before we started recording <laughs> and uh i had said uh that we were dedicating this episode to my son's father and grandfather and um we were doing it uh you know because nothing says we love you and you are honored like a paranormal podcast episode about a haunted hotel where dozens and dozens of people died horrifically. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this, this episode is for, um, Josh and Frank Mason. We love you very much. And you guys are, um, such a wonderful, wonderful, um, backbone of our families. And, um, yeah, so let's, let's get into it. Um, we're going to end the happiness and sunshine, uh, here. (laughs) All (laughs) right. All right. Tell me about the history of this bonkers
1: fucked up hotel. The Cecil Hotel was built in 1924 by hotelier William Banks Hanner, as a destination for business travelers and tourists, designed by Loy Lester Smith and the Beaux Arts style, which is French neoclassicism, but also incorporated Gothic and Renaissance elements. Wow! Okay. The That's hotel cost a hodgepodge. Right. The hotel cost one million dollars to complete, and boasted a opulent marble lobby with stained glass windows. Potted palms an alabaster statuary
0: Hanner what sorry, what's a statuary
1: alabaster uh,
0: what, uh, what is an alabaster statuary I don't uh, little things, oh creatures, head busts, oh so it's like a, a garden of statues, kind of a statuary yes, yes. Aaron, write that down, what is that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hanner had invested confidently in the enterprise, with the knowledge that several similar hotels had been established elsewhere downtown, but within five years of its opening, the United States sank into the Great Depression. Although the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination through the 1940s, the decades beyond saw the hotel decline as the nearby area known as Skid Row became increasingly populated with transients.
0: I mean, if you want to call a sharp drop-off into oblivion a decline, sure, go on. Sure, yeah. Yeah, why why not? not?
1: (laughs) As many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius of the hotel.
0: Probably that number's not too far off today, either.
1: I don't think it is. Yeah. (laughs) As the area where the Cecil Hotel is located began to decline, suicides and other violent deaths on the premises became more frequent. Neat. The first documented suicide at the Cecil was reported in 1931 when a guest named W.K. Norton died in his room after taking, taking poison capsules.
0: So it was built in 24 and already people are killing themselves in 31? Yeah. Cool. Great. That's great.
1: hmm Throughout the 1940s and 50s, more suicides at the Cecil occurred. By the 1960s, longtime residents had begun to call the Cecil the suicide. Oh, fuck. Okay. In addition to suicides, the Cecil's history includes other kinds of violence and disturbing happenings. It also became. Disturbing.
0: That is so quaint. <laughs> <laughs> disturbing happenings, my God.
1: It also became a notorious rendezvous spot for adulterous couples, drug activity, and
0: prostitution. All at the same time? (laughs) These adulterous couples. One was a prostitute and they were doing drugs? I mean.
1: It's likely. Yeah. In 1947, Elizabeth Short, dubbed by the media as the Black Dahlia
0: (sighs) one of my most favorite true crime unsolved cases ever
1: was rumored to have been spotted drinking at the Cecil's Bar in the days before her notorious and to date unsolved murder. In 1964, a retired telephone operator named, quote, Pigeon Goldie Osgood, who had been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident at the hotel, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was ransacked. That is another one that I'm like, why? There's... There's frequently no answer to the why for this.
0: I know, and you know, we've got that new Sometimes People Suck podcast coming up, and I, I mean... Yeah, I, I, maybe I should just quit asking why. No, nobody should ever quit asking why. You should always ask why.
1: A man named Jock B. Allinger was charged with Osgood's murder, but he was later cleared. Again, her death remains unsolved. Perhaps most infamously, in the 1980s, the hotel was rumored to be the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez, nicknamed the Night Stalker. Mm -hmm. Ramirez had been a regular presence on the Skid Row area of Los Angeles, and according to a hotel clerk, who claims to have spoken to him, is rumored to have stayed at the Cecil for a few weeks. Ramirez may have engaged in part of his killing spree while staying there. Another serial killer, Austrian... Jack Unterweger. Good job.
0: I do know how to pronounce his name because I listened to your crime podcast. Oh,
1: good. So oh, I did good. You did. Yeah. That's it. Oh, good, good job. Suck it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed at the Cecil in 1991, possibly because he sought to copy Ramirez's crimes. While there, he strangled and killed at least three sex workers for which he was convicted in Austria. He hanged himself shortly after his conviction. Pussy. In 2013, the Cecil, by then rebranded as the, quote, Stay on Maine, Mm -hmm. which I think it still is to this day. Am I incorrect? I'll cover that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Although still maintaining the original hotel Cecil signs and painted advertisements on exterior
0: I mean, okay, so even if they call it the Stay on Main or the Unicorns Eat will, Cheese Hotel It
1: will always be the Cecil
0: Especially if they're going to leave the fucking sign on the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Oh, also, Arch, we have to go here I oh. mean, we have to go buy it anyway when we go to um, LA to investigate that house
1: Okay Yeah although still maintaining the original Hotel Cecil signs and painted advertisements on its exterior, became the focus of renewed attention when surveillance footage of a young Canadian student, Eliza
0: Lamb... Elisa.
1: Elisa Lamb was behaving erratically in the hotel's
0: elevator went viral. Did you, Have you seen this video? I have. You have watched it? Okay, okay. Once. <laughs> I mean, That. That, yeah, that, wasn't, that was enough. That me. was enough. It's 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 a very haunting video.
1: The video depicts Lamb repeatedly pressing the elevator's buttons, walking in and out of the elevator, possibly attempting to hide from someone.
0: Yeah, it does look like that, doesn't it?
1: It was recorded shortly before her disappearance, Her naked body was subsequently discovered in the water supply cistern on the hotel roof following complaints from residents of odd-tasting water and low pressure. Nope! How she got into the cistern remains a mystery.
0: It does, and can we talk about that for just a tiny second? Have you seen the photos of these water towers on the top of this hotel? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Very, very similar to everything in New York.
0: Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but so how did she get... Okay, first, how'd she get to the roof? I mean, okay, not how'd she get to the roof. It's entirely possible that, you know, an employee went up to the roof to smoke and they didn't shut the door all the way. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How does she get into the cistern? Because apparently those lids weigh 20 to 40 pounds. So how does she not only get into it, and then she was, once she was in it, then she took off her clothes, she couldn't get, I don't.
1: And they're usually locked. Or they should at least right. minimally be locked. That's the drinking supply for the hotel.
0: Yeah, and the, the water supply for the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know these are all the same questions that everybody everybody has, but it's...
1: Well, the Los Angeles <laughs> County Coroner ruled her death accidental due to drowning, mm. with her bipolar disorder being a, quote, significant factor.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I've listened, again, I, I, my favorite Murder, and That's Why We Drink, Crime Junkie, they're all my, they're favorite podcasts, and I listen to them every, I never miss their episodes every week, and they've all, I think, I don't know if Crime Junkie has, but they've all covered this case, but they had interviewed, like, there's a bookstore not far from this hotel, and they interviewed the girl, because she was, um, she was traveling, and she wanted she went to this bookstore and she wanted to pick up books for her family and friends to bring back home mm-hmm. and she had a very fairly long conversation with this girl that worked in the bookstore, and the girl in the bookstore was like, she was totally fine. She wasn't acting erratic or anything like that. but anybody that knows anybody with bipolar disorder knows it's you if they're not on their medication regularly or on any at all, you just don't know.
1: Yeah, there's no way to tell.
0: How they're going their mindset is going to be from one minute to the next. So yeah. so it's entirely possible that it was an accident, but it was still It's weird. Yeah.
1: Awful. In twenty fourteen the hotel was sold to New York City hotelier, Richard Bourne, for thirty million dollars. And another New York based firm, Simon Barron Development, acquired a ninety nine year ground lease for the property.
0: That's a commitment.
1: Oh. <laughs> Mad Baron, president of Simon Baron, said he was committed to the preservation of architecturally or historically significant components, such as the hotel's grand lobby. But his company planned to completely redevelop the interior and fix the, quote, hodgepodge work that had been done in more recent years. Beyond renovating rooms, the developer also plans a rooftop pool, gym, and lounge.
0: I'm sorry, a rooftop pool? Where Elisa pool. Lamb's body was found. What are they going to do with the water towers, the cisterns? Uh, I have so many questions. I know you do, and I don't have answers. Um, obviously, my you know derisive tone of voice. I'm. This is just the most ridiculous idea ever. But <laughs> it's not your idea, so I apologize if I sound like I'm attacking you. I'm used to it. <laughs> Archie, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Have you thought about this at all?
1: Construction is projected to be completed by 2021, (gasps) and it is currently undergoing a $100 million renovation and being turned into $1,500 a month micro-apartments. Yikes. It's not going to be a hotel anymore. It's going to be full of studio apartments. Oh Most recently, in February 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument because it is representative of a of an early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architect's body of work. Uh, um, wow, okay. Yeah, uh,
0: that, that took a modern turn mm-hmm. real quick. It sure did. Yeah, I feel like it was always regarded as, um, you know, one of those Hollywood glamour kind of, because it's right there in downtown L.A., and the Roosevelt's not far away, and it's, you know, just one of those old Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And if you were to see pictures of the old lobby, I don't... What? I'm talking here.
1: We're not done.
0: We're not done.
1: Drive her on the block. We'll flag you down.
0: (laughs) Uh, the church thing has already started. You're missing the concert. Um, <laughs> I live next to a church, and they have been just rocking out all day, so I was hoping we'd be able to hear them and have, like, musical ac- accompaniment for the episode, <laughs> but apparently not. Anyway, um, the, uh, if you've seen, have you seen pictures of it? I have. And the the lobby, the and I'm assuming it's the old lobby, because they renovated it when, when they turned it into the Stay on Main. Mm-hmm. Um... Gorgeous. Oh, stunning. Beautiful, stunning. I mean, gorgeous like when you walk in, like you said, stunning like the Stanley Hotel lobby and the Driscoll Hotel lobby and Mm -hmm. some of these, especially hotels that were built in the 20s in, you know, Hollywood that you would expect it to look like. Um, But that's interesting that that's the the developer's idea. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit (laughs) about... What it became when we get to my part, but
1: um, well, we're we're yeah, we're at the end of mine, so
0: okay, well, that was Sorry. really great. I always wondered about the history of this place because I mean, all the famous shit, everybody knows Richard Ramirez, the Black Dahlia, Jack Unterweger, I mean, like Elisa Lamb, like everybody knows that. Oh, uh, well, but I had no idea, like, how it got <laughs> no, I mean, like, they know that part, but I, you, your part is always. I didn't know how it got to to that part. You know, everybody hears about the horrible part of it, but I like. You made me feel bad. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everybody knows about the the f- more infamous instances, but does anybody really know about the history of the hotel? Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Okay. okay.
0: Um. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. Okay. okay. Um. I'm gonna. Yeah, you did a really great job as <laughs> <fucking> always. <laughs> Um, so we're going to take a quick little break and we're going to ask you all to please have a listen to this promo for another one of our buddy podcasts. Uh, these folks are great. It's, I have so many podcasts on my rotation. Like this is literally, (laughs) I work all day long and most into the night and all I do is listen to podcasts. (laughs) I forgot what music is. I just listen to podcasts. (laughs) Um, and these guys are one of them. They're really wonderful. So, um, please have a listen And we will be right back with my portion where I take the fun dial and turn it way
2: fucking down. (laughs) We'll be right back.
1: Hey, guys, it's Brendan Shea.
2: And Annie Weebs. And we're the hosts of Serial Spirits podcast. Serial Spirits is a combination platter of true crime, paranormal, mysteries and conspiracies all rolled into one platform that is not for the faint of heart. Listen in each week as we bring you original investigative series, interviews, chilling stories of the supernatural, and more. Subscribe to Serial Spirits on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all your major podcast platforms. You can also tune in weekly by listening online through our mothership, Paranormal Warehouse, at paranormalwarehouse.com. For extra content, early access, and exclusive merch, become a Serial Spirits patron by subscribing to Paranormal Warehouse's Patreon page. Find us at patreon.com forward slash paranormal warehouse on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Serial Spirits. The Serial Spirits podcast. Enough with the boar. Let's get down to the gore.
0: Let's get down to the gore. Yeah, that was kind of sexy. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I just love it. Okay, uh, now back to our bumbling, not sexy <laughs> podcast. Uh, we are um, going to jump right into the hauntings of the Hotel Cecil. Um, so, my sources for this one were QuakerCampus.org. Interesting. I thought oh, that was interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that heraldsun.au.com, livesci-fi.tv, memoriesproject.com, roadtrippers.com, and wikipedia.com, please donate $5 <laughs> so that we can keep our podcast going. Um, <laughs> and other podcasts. That basically <laughs> live and die by Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> so I do want to... Um, Archie, you talked about um, some of the most notorious deaths at the Cecil Hotel. So um, in addition to Richard Ramirez, Jack Unterweger, which I do want to say that guy, in a nutshell, he was actually um, convicted in Austria... Right. Prior to coming to the United States Mm -hmm. for a murder, he served time, and he wrote a book. And he, oops sorry, hang on. He wrote a book, and then he also wrote some articles for magazines. I think. Um, Anyway, he he became very famous when he um, was in prison, and yeah, um, he became kind of the poster child for prison reform. While he was in prison. So when he got out of prison, he was hired by newspapers and magazines and things like that to report on true crime. Uh. Because he had an insight into the mind of a killer. Of course he did. Um, So when he was actually here in the United States and staying at the Cecil Hotel, killing all of those sex workers that you talked about, he was actually going on ride-alongs with the LAPD. What? Investigating his own crimes.
1: Fuck you. No way. Yeah. Holy and, shit. Yeah.
0: And um, kind of giving them uh, uh, Pointers. ideas. <laughs> yeah, and leading them in, in different directions away from him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I just. Uh, uh uh-huh. Holy
1: shit. Yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's wild. It's wild. We're definitely going to cover him in um, Sometimes People Suck because... <sighs> shit. Yeah, so I did want to mention that little nugget of information wow. on, on that guy. Wow. Crazy, right? God, that's insane. It's super insane. So, um, in addition to Richard Ramirez, Jack Unterweger, W.K. Norton, Pigeon Goldie, and Elizabeth Short, as you mentioned, Arch, uh, here are some other notable deaths... That have led to the hotel being one of the most haunted in Los Angeles. So get that wine because it's a big list. Here we go. Um, it's also, this is also really good practice for me on my new <laughs> t- true crime podcast. Let's see how I do. Okay. Okay. Um, all of this, literally, guys, it all came from Wikipedia. They actually have a sub page, I believe. It's
1: an entire separate entry mm-hmm. for deaths. Deaths and suicide at the Cecil.
0: At the Cecil. Um, now, you said you did not read it.
1: I did not. Yes.
0: I love it when you don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offense. No offense. <laughs> I mean, no offense. Um, okay. So, it does go in order of the year that all this shit happened in. Um, and I'm going to go through it real quick, uh, just because it's a lot, and I want to talk about the hauntings, but we need to lay the framework <laughs> of okay. the hauntings. Okay, I got Um, so yeah, I'm about to turn the fun button, the fun knob way down. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> 1932.
1: Okay.
0: A maid found Benjamin Dodich. The age of 25, he was dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, and apparently he didn't leave a suicide note. Now, in July 1934, former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with a razor. He actually, this one actually left several notes, one of which cited his poor health as the reason for his suicide. Oh. Yeah. In 1937, Grace E. Magro, this one's horrible. Grace E. Magro. Fell from a ninth-story window. Her fall was broken by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body as she fell.
1: Oh God!
0: Yeah, she didn't die, <sighs> but she later died at the now-demolished Georgia Street Receiving Hospital. Jeez, um, scary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, police were actually unable to determine if her death was the result of an accident or suicide. Oh. Yeah uh in January of 1938 United States Marine Corps fireman Roy Thompson uh jumped from the Cecil's top floor and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building. He had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks. Uh in May of 1939, Navy officer Erwin C. Neblett was found dead in his room after ingesting poison. Uh, preferable, I guess a lot of people d- did the poison capsule poison mm-hmm. route. Um now, in January 1940, a teacher by the name of Dorothy Skyger, who was 45 years old, she also ingested poison while staying at the Cecil and was reported by the Los Angeles Times to be, quote, near death. However, there are actually no other reports published about her condition. Are you reading ahead as I read this? No, I'm reading
1: my notes to find out when you're gonna sync up with by the 1960s, longtime residents had begun to call the Cecil the suicide. Okay. <laughs>
0: I got
1: it's a like, couple... I'm looking, it's like, oh, first documented suicide in 1931, and then... Nothing, nothing. Boom, boom, no, boom, yeah. boom, boom. The hits keep coming. They sure do. Oh,
0: I got geez. a couple more until I think we're caught up. Oh, my God. Yeah. In September 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, who was 19 years old, she was sharing a room at the Cecil with her boyfriend, a shoe salesman by the name of Ben Levine, who was 38. Oh, okay. Now, Purcell who apparently was unaware that she was pregnant, went into labor. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. She later testified that she did not want to disrupt the sleeping Levine, her boyfriend, so she went into the bathroom where she gave birth to the baby by herself, a boy. Thinking that the baby was dead because he wasn't crying, she threw him out of the window, the baby, and he landed on the roof of an adjacent building. Uh, The woman was charged with murder, Three psychiatrists, who back then were known as alienists, Archie's face is absolutely horrified. Every time I look at him, he's... Wow. Hold on. Keep that. i got to take a picture for the social media folks. Um, three psychiatrists testified that she was, quote, mentally confused at the time of the incident. In January 1945, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Uh, the next one was Robert Smith. Not of the cure. I double-checked. He was 35, and he died from jumping off of one of the Cecil's seventh-floor windows in November of
1: 1947.
0: Oh, God. I wanted to just say that he wasn't part of the cure before I said the year, because then everybody would be like, obviously, it's not Robert Smith. That <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm getting there, Arch. I'm getting there. On October 22nd, 1954, San Francisco stationery firm employee Helen Gurney this is another one. Who's 55. She jumped from the window of her seventh floor room, and she landed on top of the Cecil Hotel's marquee. Oh! Mm-hmm. Uh, one week prior, she had actually registered at the hotel under the name of Margaret Brown. Um... On February 11th, 1962, happy birthday, 15 years early to me. Right. Julia Francis Moore jumped from the window of her eighth floor room and landed in a second story interior light well. How I, I need to know how many sky like uh, the light well skylights. This is uh, I don't. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she jumped from her eighth floor room. She landed in a second story interior light well. She didn't leave a suicide note, but. Um, they did find in her possessions a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents in change, um, and then an Illinois check register showing a balance of $1,800. Uh, oh God. This one is probably one of the most tragic. Um, it is another suicide. In October of 1962, a 27-year-old woman by the name of Pauline Otten jumped from the window of her ninth floor room at the Cecil Hotel after an argument with her estranged husband. Um, He had stomped out of the room prior to her suicide. Um, When she jumped, she landed on a pedestrian by the name of George Giannini. He was 65 years old, and they were both killed instantly. I
1: I did read that one.
0: Yeah. Um, There were no witnesses. Um, Police initially thought that Otto and Giannini had died together, but... It was determined soon, very soon after that uh, Giannini had actually had his hands in his pockets at the time of his death, and he was still wearing his shoes. Mm-hmm. So that's when they realized that when she jumped, she just he was walking by, and she landed on him and he killed the both. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, December 20th, 1975, a still unidentified woman, about early 20s, she jumped from her 12th floor window onto the Cecil Hotel's second floor roof, she had registered at the hotel um, on December 16th under the name Allison Lowell and was staying in room 327. On September 1st, 1992, a man was found deceased in the alley behind the Cecil. Authorities believed that he either fell from, jumped from, or was pushed from the hotel's 15th floor. Oh my God. At the time of his death, he was 5 feet 9 inches tall, weighed about 185 pounds. He was wearing blue sweatpants and a black sweatshirt over a gray T-shirt. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office placed his age at 20 to 32 years old. His true identity has never been established. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Fun dial way fucking down. Way fucking down. Um, Of course, as you mentioned, on February 19th, 2013, the naked body of Elisa Lamb, a 21-year-old Canadian student, was found inside one of the water supply tanks on the hotel roof. And, most recently, on June 13, 2015, the body of a 28-year-old man, man was found outside outside the hotel. Some um, speculated that he might have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, although a spokesperson for the county coroner's office said that the de- cause of death hadn't been determined. <sighs> And that's my part. Thanks Jesus for listening. Carrie, God. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, it's called History of the Haunting, and I do the hauntings. Um, of course, this was leading into more shit. So, uh. <laughs> Um, in a bit of fun, uh, did you know, Arch? In a bit of fun? In a bit of fun. You have fun in your part now? I have fun in my part now. Uh, did you know that American Horror Story Hotel is based on this hotel? I do. You did know that. Okay, go. By reading the Wikipedia. For the love of God. Okay. I have never missed one season of American Horror Story. I love all of them. And this one is actually one of my favorites. Um... And it does kind of, it, it hits on some of the, you know, I hate to say, you know, classics of this hotel, but it does. Um, uh, they have a, an actor uh, that plays Richard Ramirez, and he's, you know, a, one of the ghosts of the, of the Hotel Cortez in the show. It's, it's really fabulous. It's also, um, the very first time I saw Lady Gaga in an acting role... And fell in love with her even more. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. was really amazing. And I actually think she won a Golden Globe for her role in this show. Oh. I believe. Um, Anyway, let's talk about the hauntings. Because, of course, there's bound to be some. Oh, my
1: God.
0: Yeah. All right. So, there are stories of cold spots and shadowy figures. Um, A news story went around a couple of years ago of this ghost photograph showing a shadowy figure outside outside of a window of the Cecil Hotel. Have you seen this photograph? No. You're about to. (laughs) <laughs> um, in it this particular uh, person apparition I don't even know what looks like it's about to jump um, so I'm gonna show you this picture and I want you to describe to the folks what it looks like so hang on real quick okay okay there <laughs> what tell me what you think about and what you feel about what And describe what the picture looks like. It was captured by a kid who... He took the picture um, because he felt like... He looked at the window and he felt like the window was looking back at him. And when he took a picture of the window, that's what he got. And it looks to me like a body on the outside... Two-inch ledge of the window.
1: Yeah, it definitely... It looks like a very blurry image of somebody on the ledge. Mm Mm-hmm. A transparent person
0: yeah um we'll definitely put the picture up on our social media and our website but um they look distraught but they also look like they're holding on they're not
1: they they don't want. like maybe they're
0: just like leaning yeah like out the way i don't know it's a crazy it's definitely a crazy picture it's been featured in the la times uh news outlets around la Papers. It's, it's a wild picture, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> the minute I said I was going to talk about the photograph and I grabbed my phone, Archie was like, fuck, she was going to make me look at something. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Yeah, this... It's crazy, though, right? Well,
1: my... I don't want to call it a problem, but...
0: Let's call it a problem, because...
1: I, I feel like I can interpret emotion from an
0: image. Sure, okay.
1: And uh, this person didn't want to go out the window the way that they went out this window.
0: It doesn't look like somebody... I, I've i never seen anybody suicidal that's wanting to jump off of a building, so I really don't know. But it doesn't, to me, look that way either. It doesn't look like this person... It looks like this person's just kind of hanging out the window to see what they can see.
1: There's... I, I see that, but I, I feel more.
0: It's creepy, though, uh, it's, right? It's creepy.
1: There's, there's, there's probably more to it.
0: I mean, in the story behind it, as far as the the kid that took it was that he looked at this window and he felt like the window was the window was looking back at him. So he took a picture of it, and that's what he got on a cell phone. Well, he was not wrong. Not wrong. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wild, right? I can. Uh, it's if it's I don't know. There's something about it.
1: I hate that I can feel you can tell the emotion that yeah. That. I hate it
0: um, so yeah we'll definitely put this on our social media and we'll let them be the, we'll let the listeners decide Okay. Um, so anyway yeah that's my first haunting bullet point oh god how many more uh, One, two, seven, twelve. about 15 more pages oh my god. of bullet points why does he ask I always lie and he still is like so stressed out okay Cheers, clink, Arch. Let's have a sip of wine. Sip. Let's have a glug of wine. Okay. Um, now, there are stories of people that say they see a woman who looks like Elizabeth Short. Um, typically that she's seen in the bar drinking, like the, like the reports that you had said she uh, was seen. The Black Dahlia. Right, yes, the Black Dahlia. Sorry. Um, and the, the overwhelming feeling like they're being watched in the hotel. Now, there is a true crime author by the name of Nikki DuBose. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. I'm sure she's a listener. Uh, DuBois. B-O-S-E. DuBose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, D-U-B-O-S-E. Aaron, write that down. Okay. (laughs) Um, She visited the hotel, and she found it so scary that she refused to stay the night there. She did tell a newspaper, quote, when I was exploring the top floor... I went to the very end of the hallway, and I took a photo of one of the windows. As I did that, one of the lights went out, and I caught a photo of a dark figure in one of the windows that was not there when I took the photo.
1: Oh.
0: No, thank you. But also, yes, kind of thank you. (laughs) But also, I'm texting that shit to everyone I fucking know. Right. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Uh. In addition to people seeing the black diet at the hotel bar, um, after they see her, people's drinks apparently inexplicably fall or spill. Um, although they could just be drunk. <laughs> I mean, that might that one might be easily debunkable. But okay, uh, the hotel apparently has a number or a plethora, if you will. Ooh. Yay, big words. Thanks. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I too. That had was to. amazing, and I, I love had it. Had I That too. was amazing. Um, by shadow figures or shadows of people that don't seem to have a source, which is interesting. Mm, hmm. Um, apparently, people are afraid to go into the basement because the shadow people down there tend to chase them. Oh. Which would be ter- if they're if they're crab walking shadow people, that would really <laughs> terrify me. But this doesn't say that that's what's going on here. Oh. Um. Some gla- glests, guests Aaron write that down. <laughs> have claimed to see shadow figures in their rooms, out of the corners of their eyes. But that's a common—that seems to be a common thing that happens in haunted hotels. Certainly, the Stanley, right, Crosson Hotel,
1: hospitals. Yeah,
0: that whole yeah, yeah shadow people are. Duram groaned. I mean, the whole Just bit. Shut your mouth! I'm never going to. <laughs> so Elisa Lamb died in 2013. In December of 2014. I found a blog where this group said that quote we got the opportunity to investigate the ho the hotel room wow sorry didn't mean that disrespectfully the hotel room <laughs> fuck where Elisa Lam stayed in before she mysteriously disappeared oh. uh, her her death to this day is still unsolved and many people believe there are paranormal causes that can be attributed to it it's still uh, still breaks my heart yeah is it going to get worse. Take take a Uh, sip Okay They go on to say We thought it would be a good idea To use the Ouija board Mm. And we were shocked At some of the answers That we received I firmly believe That the responses That we captured In Elisa Lamb's room Were not from Elisa But rather from An evil presence That resides in the hotel Take your fucking pick Richard Ramirez Jack Underweger Any number of other people That you didn't know Were there killing people Oh god I mean come on But anyway, um, later in the video, we also got to investigate the elevator, which many people believe is haunted as well, the elevator that she was in. Don't go to a notoriously haunted place that you know serial fucking killers stayed in and use a goddamn Ouija board. I don't know how many times we have to say it. (laughs) I'm sure literally everyone in the world is listening to this podcast, so I'm just frustrated that everyone in the world is still not abandoning all the Ouija boards.
1: Well, yeah, five <laughs> five years
0: ago. I mean, I'm sure there are people that are still using them to this day. No, don't do it. If you, I, no, don't, don't do, do it. it. No, just don't. Especially because most people don't have to properly use a Ouija board. So you're inviting mm. some shit in that does not need to be in. Anyway, and it's
1: not going to go away. Not
0: going to go away. There's actually a movie called Ouija, and it doesn't go away. In the movie. And if movies are not the truth, I don't know what is.
1: Oh, the internet, obviously. Oh, right. Because you can't tell lies on the internet. That's
0: right. Of course. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guests also have reported um, being tormented while they sleep, which, again, we've talked about this a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are accounts of bed sheets being tugged at, which seems to be common in hotels. All
1: right, that's not bad. Sure.
0: Uh, beds being sat on by an unseen person. Same.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, this is one thing I've found interesting: multiple accounts of guests dreaming about a shadow figure, and then once they wake up, they see it on top of them. Deal breaker. Before it disappears. Mm. Mm-mm. Crazy. Nope. That's deal breaker. I mean, I've heard of lucid dreaming, but that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's mm-hmm. that's not lucid dreaming. That's invading your dreams.
0: Yeah. That's terrible. That's not good. No, um, apparently there is a spirit there that seems to uh, really like hugging people while they're sleeping, which is cute. I could use that. Uh, it, it, however, then escalates into forced tickling. Ah, went mm. too far. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Forced tickling.
1: Laughter is the best medicine.
0: Not when it's forced tickle. That's not. That's not like.
1: Oh, and you can't. You can't fight back.
0: A spear, yeah. No.
1: Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. all right, I'm on yeah. board with you.
0: Hugging ghost, aww. Aw. Force tickling, mm. mm. went too far. Yeah. Not until they pay for it. Well, I mean, I'm sure that happens there, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one, fucked up. Oh, God I, damn it! she had to put her drink down, I know it's bad. I gotta, yeah, I gotta take another sip, and then I'm gonna slam it down in disgust again. It's not good. Clang. One girl said that she and a friend stayed there. Okay, so in your research, did you see how the hotel, I think as a stay on main, switched it to hostel type rooms? No. Yes. And that's how it was when Elisa Lamb was staying there. Because, uh, okay. At first, when she first checked in, she was staying in a communal room, in a hostel type room with other guests. But she actually had to be moved into a private room because the guests in her room hostel type room were complained to the front desk of her odd behavior. Okay. So yeah, it had this mishmash of like hotel slash hostel. I'm not really sure. Okay. No, I get it. Okay. So one girl said that she and a friend had stayed there in the hostel type rooms and there were no bathrooms in these guest rooms. There was a communal bathroom down the hall. Which right. already right. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> But, she said on two separate occasions, they'd go to the communal bathroom, and each time they would be walking down toward it, they realized that they had somehow ended up on a different floor. As in, what? their rooms were on the fifth floor, but when they started walking and realizing they couldn't find the bathroom on this floor, they went to look around, and somehow they were en- had ended up on the seventh floor.
1: That's weird.
0: Uh-huh. What? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Not loving it, not loving it, so um again, guests have um reported seeing someone sleeping in their bed um but in this instance, it's different instead of like a body imprint in the bed, like with Lizzie Borden um <laughs> this is a horse of oh, God <laughs> um they report <laughs> seeing someone sleeping in their bed. But when they go to pull the blanket down to see who it is, it the blanket collapses with no one under it. Oh. Uh-huh.
1: So the outline of the body just falls.
0: Yes. Uh, the blanket is like over top of them. Right. Which is, a, a, it's different. I don't mm-hmm. think we've ever had anything like that on this. I don't
1: remember that. I don't no. either.
0: Definitely like the imprint of a body like laying in a bed. Like, mm-hmm. like a memory foam kind of right, situation. Right, right, right. right, right. This is different. A blanket that's like, what? Oh, God. (laughs) It gives me the shivers in the best way. (laughs) Okay, not the best way. I mean, there's other ways. But anyway. (laughs) Okay. Um, Apparently, the bathrooms are just as haunted. In addition to popping you onto another floor that you didn't start out on. um, The faucets turn on. And um, the showers turn on, and you hear them, and you're like, who, what, what? So you go to investigate, and there's no faucet or shower on. But when you go to leave the room, then they turn back on as if to be like, ha-ha, fucking with you. <laughs> and then when you turn it back around, they're on. Wow. Yeah, nuts. Um, yeah. So, doors and windows um, that, again, frequent, they can be heard opening and closing, especially the roof access door that Elisa Lam used to get to the water tanks. Oh. Which, that was kind of a a hot point in her death investigation, was how did she even get up there? And again, like I said, during your part, Mm -hmm. it's it's, it's possible that employees go up to the roof to smoke— and maybe they propped the door open. Maybe they didn't shut it property, properly all the way. But by now, that shit's locked down tight. Right. However, somehow, it's still being opened. Oh, jeez. Uh, hotel staff members have uh, also poor housekeeping. I mean, <laughs> every time we, we cover a haunted hotel, it's we're always going to you know pour one out to housekeeping. Because oh, those poor, poor people, um, they will clean a room. In its entirety, and they'll check it off their list. They'll go to the next one, and by the time the supervisor comes along to do to check their rooms, mm-hmm. um, it's says shambles. Oh, mm-hmm. God, poor housekeeping. Poor housekeeping. <laughs> uh, they're finding dead bodies. Oh. Their room is being fucking. Their guests. they're cleaning rooms that they're cleaning is, is getting fucked up. Uh, poor housekeeping. It's all you want. Oh, um, yeah, my mom could. Weave you a yarn about uh, (laughs) 30 years in housekeeping in hotels. Um, (laughs) But probably the most terrifying of all, and I have to agree, at night you can hear screams coming from hotel guest rooms and from outside the hotel as if someone is falling from the top of the building. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I... Do I need to go back through all the suicides in that joint? No.
2: no. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope,
0: nope,
2: nope.
0: So, uh, <laughs> this particular story, which I found really fascinating, came from uh, memoriesproject.com, and it's it's sort of a genealogy site. Okay. Uh, the author writes, quote, Previously, I wrote, about my, fi- I wrote about finding my dad's naturalization record on Ancestry.com. Out of curiosity, I googled the address listed as my dad's, dad's residential address on the form. Results from the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA popped up. Oh, I mean, if this person knew what that hotel was, I'd have a heart attack and died right there. <laughs> God. But, I mean, as he goes on, he didn't seem to know. As I delved deeper, I discovered what a bizarre history this place has. <laughs> Join us, won't you? <laughs> uh... <laughs> And he says, it also made me remember my dad's haunted hotel story. Take a swig. Everybody pause for a sip. In a nutshell, the Cecil Hotel has never had a sterling reputation. That's putting it nicely. (laughs) Uh, Even when it was known as the Hotel Cecil during my dad's tenure there in the mid-1960s. In 1962, a woman committed suicide by jumping from a room at the Cecil. Also killing a pedestrian that she landed on. In addition, Goldie Osgood, known as the Pigeon Lady of Pershing Square, was choked to death in a room there in 1964. The case was never solved. Which leads right into my dad's haunted hotel experience. Every time he told the story, I could feel the fear coming off of him in waves. Even after so much time had passed. He claims he went to sleep that night in his room at the Cecil only to awaken to the feeling that he was being choked. Goodbye. Okay. He was bathed in a cold sweat and couldn't move or call for help. He felt hands around his throat, but could not see anyone. He literally thought he was going to die in that room. Finally, the feeling left him. He bolted out of the room and ran downstairs to the front desk. These poor front desk agents. I mean, uh, damn. Yeah. How big yeah. must their complaint log be? <laughs> right. Jesus. Um, after he gasp, gasped for breath, he told the hotel clerk what had happened. The clerk, also a front desk agent, they're not a clerk. But maybe in the 60s they were. Oh, okay. You know how I feel about, like, proper... <laughs> they're not maids. They're room attendants. Anyway, the clerk said that someone had been murdered in that room. Oh, thank you for that Mm. tidbit. Mm -hmm. Uh, They go on to say Dad was able to get his room changed, thank God, uh, as he made it clear to the front desk clerk he would never sleep another moment in the room he was currently in. Not blaming you, Pops. Yeah, yeah. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I have for the hauntings. Of the Cecil Hotel, the Hotel Cecil, um, I do want to say a couple of things in closing. Uh, the Cecil Hotel, most recently, as you mentioned, uh, did try to rid itself of its dark and gory past by changing its name to the Stay on Main. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, a name change is not actually going to wash away (laughs) the past of one of America's most cursed and haunted hotels, um... And honestly, Arch, even that reincarnation didn't last long because it is closed. Ah. So, uh, do you remember when you and me and the group from EVPI were going to go to LA and we were going to go in and investigate that house? Yes. So when we were all in the process of looking for hotels to stay in, uh, Tony and Cherie were going to stay at the Stay on Main.
2: Oh. And this was
0: back in January. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they found it, that even then it was closed. Mm. So if you Google Stan Main and you try to book a room, you're immediately going to be redirected to Yelp, where users and reviewers have said it's closed. Um, one thing that I was finding in all of my research on this that tied it in nicely with the fact that uh, American Horror Story, Horror Story Hotel is one of my favorite seasons. <laughs> this summation tied it all together quite nicely, what I think. Um <laughs> It's a, it's a real, um, it really shows that art is imitating life. Uh, now this, what I'm about to read to you is from the New York Times review of American Horror Story Hotel in their article on October 7th of 2015. And it reads in part, quote, again, it's a review of the show. Okay. Okay. Um, People die in the Hotel Cortez in horrible ways, which will be investigated by a detective played by Wes Bentley, who has a personal connection to the hotel. At the same time, a developer, played by Cheyenne Jackson, another addition to the cast, threatens to buy the place and gentrify it, providing an existential threat to the resident psychos and demons.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. So, I guess... (laughs) When it does open again, under whatever name it hopes will finally cut the cord with the old nomenclature, uh, Roadtrippers.com has this advice, and I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you do too. If you're thinking if you're thinking about spending a few nights at the Hotel Cecil, stay on Maine or whatever it's about to be called, you might want to bring some holy water and hope that you make it through the night. Oh. <laughs> And that is it. That is what I have for the Hotel Cecil. Okay. Um, it is... It's a famous place. It's a scary place. Um, a lot of... A lot of death. Uh, a lot of death. Uh, a lot of... There when Archie. He's over it. He wow. Peace out, bitches. Bye. It's, um... Certainly, uh... The, the way that it used to look, anyway. You know, Takuma stayed there. Oh. Yeah. So, of course, I grilled him. And I was like, tell me, paint me a picture. What was it like? Uh, It was after they had renovated, so it really wasn't, he didn't really. And he just was there to crash and then leave the next day. Um, So, um, again, yeah, Tsukuma failed me, because he also stayed at, uh, he also went through Tona Bonavada, and he had nothing. (laughs) Um, So I... I, Two things are happening here. Um, he's so busy, and he, he actually is. I mean, too, I guess when you're on tour, you don't really have time to take in the fucking scenery. Um, <laughs> so I need to quit asking him for that reason, or uh, he just, you know, doesn't pay attention. And uh, either way, he's so far he hasn't really helped me. Um, but Tuma, I love you, and um, I can say all of this about you because he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is the one I'll fucking listen to. Right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's what I have with the Hotel Cecil. I think it's amazing, and I definitely, when we go to LA, I, I at least want to get a picture of the outside, ho- provided they haven't painted over the the signage. The signage, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think, Arch? What's well, your summation of was, this joint? That was good. No, thank you. Definitely a roller coaster. <laughs> definitely a roller coaster. I'm I'm shocked by. All the suicides and the death that happened there. Yeah. Um, Richard Ramirez is definitely um, somebody that we're going to be covering on. Sometimes people suck, uh, but I, I really didn't know that he had stayed at the, the this hotel during his you know crime spree.
1: Um, well, it's 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 only a rumor. It's only. But worldwide. didn't a
0: hotel clerk like talk to him?
1: The hotel clerk claims to have spoken to
0: it. Okay, well, aren't all of these claims? Fair point. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I, I'll, you know, when we, when I do my research for the Night Stalker episode of Sometimes People Suck, which is yet to be scheduled. I mean, (laughs) goodness. Uh, (laughs) I'll look. I'll see if I can find the truth of that because I think it's it's interesting. I did read um, that. When he was staying there, he stayed there because it was so, um... Cheap. Cheap, and nobody paid attention to anybody. Mm -hmm. So he could go and do his killings, and um, dump his bloody clothes in the dumpster behind the hotel, and walk half-naked through the lobby, and nobody really thought... Nobody
1: eh." thought anything of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Which sounds like him. Um, Yeah, it does sound like him. He was a, a genuinely terrible, horrible, awful... What's that thing you say? No good, really bad, no good... Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad... person. Serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so, uh, the hotel okay. is amazing, and if you guys haven't seen American Horror Story Hotel, all of the seasons are on Netflix. I recommend it. Lady Gaga is beautiful and amazing and wonderful. She plays a vampire, which, I mean, of course. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> She's amazing uh yeah so that's that's what we have uh thank you so much for listening what is next week's episode i forget
1: i don't know either
0: i will I, check our notes that's, that's good let's because have a, i have
1: the email printed out and on my uh, desk at work on my desk at work on my desk at
0: Okay Uh Oh We're doing an Arizona hometown Well not hometown But we're doing an Arizona location We are going to be talking to you All about the hotel Another hotel Hotel Monte Vista Up in Flagstaff Oh Yes Okay Yeah Yeah And then um After that We've got um God St. Augustine Lighthouse The Kehoe House The Mordecai House A lot of houses Uh The Shanghai Tunnels And Kadena Air Base In Okinawa Japan Um Yeah, we got some really, really amazing locations uh, coming up for you guys. So, next week, we're going to do the Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff. Also, Archie and I are going to go on a strictly platonic, romantic weekend to (laughs) Jerome, Arizona. And we're going to be staying at the Jaram-Grooned Hotel. (sighs) This is where I tell Archie that I have called the hotel and reserved their most haunted room.
1: Unless everything's closed down again.
0: Which now you're hoping for. Oh, God, yes. A thousand percent. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we are going to be going there and um, spending the night up in Jerome at the Jerome Grand Hotel. Uh, So be prepared for lots of Facebook Lives and stuff like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I have to take extra hair product. I mean, for sure. I've got some, I've got some, you know, pony holders for you. Uh, <laughs> we also may or may not have um, paranormal investigative equipment on the way oh. for our big, in, our big stay for our very first, yes, um, you know, we're making a little Patreon money and that's what it's for. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, it's our very first, uh, paranormal investigation on our own. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, good luck to us. Anyway, thank you so much, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hotel Cecil. We'll see you next week with another hotel here in Arizona. And, uh, yeah, listeners, if any of you have ever stayed at the Hotel Monte Vista, hit us up, hoahpodcast at gmail.com, or you can direct message us through Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at podcast. And I... Also
1: at www.hohpodcast.com.
0: Oh, yeah. We have a website, too, don't we? Yeah, we do. That's right. Yeah. I totally forgot. (laughs) I run it, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I need more wine.
1: All right. Take care, everybody.
0: Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. And remember, words are hard. Sometimes people suck. So be careful out there
2: because you never know who or what is listening bye bye